The last thing we were discussing was a statement that Rav Sheshat said that if someone denied a deposit that was given to him at that point, even though he didn't swear, he's considered a gazlan and he would be hayav and honest. And the Gemara on top of Kovav Amudalef brought down a question from Ilfa that Shavuakona, that when someone swears, he acquires the item. Meaning, Dafka, when he swears, not when you just deny something. And the Gemara said that we're either, in answer number one, either we're talking about where the item is in the swamp, meaning he doesn't have it right now, he's just trying to push him off, or in answer number two, when he said that a swear acquires, it's not in regards to Onasin, rather it's coming to say that he is exempt from all the repercussions of a false swear. And with that, we're going to start Kovav Amud Aleph, eight lines in, last word on the line where it says Gufa. And now we're on the ninth line. Rav Una said the name of Rav. Person claimed Reuven came to Shimon said, "You owe me a hundred. And Shimon said, "I don't owe you anything." When he swore about Adima, witnesses came. Patur, you don't have to pay. It's, uh, it says in the pasuk that the owner takes and doesn't have to pay. Once the owner accepted the shavuah, shuv and mishalimamon, then the, the person who swore doesn't have to pay money anymore. And Amarava, Mr. Bram, Rav, Rav makes sense. That's in regards to a loan, meaning because Reuven gave Shimon money. Reuven's claiming, Shimon, you have my money by you. And Shimon's saying, no, it was a loan. I'm allowed to use the money. And he swore that it came to him as a loan. Okay, he doesn't have to pay. But if it's a deposit, the deposit when Reuven gives a cow, for example, to Shimon to watch, well, wherever that cow is, it belongs to Reuven. But the Gemara says, mm-hmm. But didn't Rav say this even in the deposit? The pasuk that we brought was in regards to Pikadon, in regards to watching something for someone. So now, Yativ Rav Nachman Shemata. Rav Nachman sat down and he brought down this whole psak din of Rav Huna Marav. So Rav Ahabar Minyomi had a question to Rav Nachman. We're going to have a Mishnah that says, Hechan Pikdoni, where's my deposit? I gave you something to watch. He told him the cow got lost. I'm making you swear. And the Shomer said, Amen. Now we have witnesses that this person ate the Pikdoni. He ate the cow. The Shomer has to pay the principal. If he admitted on his own, he has to pay the principal, the fi- a fifth, and the and the korban hasham. So you see, even after he said amen, he, and he swore, he still, if he admits later, he has to pay the the principal plus the fifth plus an hasham, and that's against what Rav said. Rav Nachman explained, what are we dealing with in Mishnah? We're talking about where he swore outside of Betin. And Rav, when he said that once the owners accepted a uh, swear from the from the Shomer, that's only when he swore in Betin. So the Gemara asks, So Rav asks, if that's the case, we're talking about he swore outside of Betin. Then look at the Sefa. It says, Where's my deposit? He got stolen. I'm making you swear. He said, Amen. And there's witnesses that said that the Shomer himself stole it. He has to pay double. 
Hoda me'atzmo. If he admitted on his own later, mishalim ken v'chomish v'asham, he has to pay principal fifth and korban asham. V'isal kadat achotz de betin. If we talk, if you think we're talking about outside of betin, mi'ika kefil is there double when swearing outside of betin? Obviously, we're talking about swearing in betin. And then yet again, the question goes back to Rav. We see from the Mishnah that if someone denies and then witnesses come, he he's not he's not exempt. He still has to pay. So Amale Rav Nachman responds. I could really technically answer that the Resha is talking about where when he said he got lost. That's when he swore outside of Betin and the Sefer where he said he got stolen. That's in Betin. But I'm not going to give you a, a push of an answer. I want to give you a legit answer. Rather, both swears Resha Sefer were in Betin. Kandresha is talking about Bekafats where the, the Shomer jumped up and made a swear before Betin forced him to swear. And Rav, when he was saying that they accepted his swear and he doesn't have to pay anymore, that's where they forced him to swear. Khan in the Sefa, Bishelokafats. In the Sefa, where he has to pay double, that's where the Dayanim obligated him to swear. He swore. And then, if, uh, if, if witnesses come, then he'd have to pay double. So now, Amar Lach, Rami Barhama, Rav Nachman. Rami Barhama tells Rav Nachman. Mikhdi. Derav la Savir Allah. Listen, you don't hold like Rav. So why are you pushing yourself to explain Rav? Why are you trying to defend something you don't even believe in? So Rav responds, I'm trying to explain Rav. This is the way Rav explains the Mishnah. We have to understand Rav. But Rami Barhama asks Rav, but what are you talking about? Rav was bringing a pasuk. He said, Once he took the swear, no more pain. So Rav Nachman explained that when we brought that pasuk, that's in regards to a regular swear. Regular swear, person swears to get out of paying. Meaning the owner takes the swear and therefore the other person doesn't have to pay. Meaning, it's coming to tell me that whoever is supposed to be paying, he's the one who swears to get out of it. So for the question, how could you argue on Rav? Rav is bringing a pasuk and he's Doresh. Okay, we're Doresh pasuk, a different way. So now, the Gemara is going to ask a question on Ravuna Amarav from Mishnah, Mativ Rav Hamnuna. Someone uh, came up to another person, you owe me money, he should be Allah Hamisha Pe'amim. He made him swear five times. Ben Bifne Betin, Ben Shelo Bifne Betin. Whether it was in front of Betin, not in front of Betin, Vechafar, Allah, and each time you're telling him, No, 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 I don't know you, I don't know you, I don't know you. And it ends up he lied. Hayab al Kolahat Vechat. He has to give fifth plus a Korban Shaman each one. Ve'amar Bishimon Matam. Why is it that he has to swear again after he already denied it? Meaning, once he denied it, that's it, you already swore. And Rabbi Shimon explains because Ho'il Vechol Hazorul Hodot. Since after the first swear, he could technically admit, and if he admits, he has to pay. And by him swearing a second time, he exempts himself from paying, therefore, he is hayav. And the Gemara adds, Now here, you can't answer where he swore before the Dainim and made him swear. He forced him to swear, which means Betin forced him. And also, 
because bifne betin katane. You can't say it was outside of betin because it says in front of betin. So you see from the Mishnah that even though a person denied money and he swore, he could still end up having to pay for it if he was caught lying. Not like Rav said that once he accepted swear, no more paying. But on the other hand, whom motive love whom farek? A lot of them brought a question and he uh, answers it. You could always say what the Mishnah said, he should be alav. Is you know you have to split it up. Ishbi alav is chutz lebetin. Ubebetin, what happened? Kafats, where he jumped before the dayanim even got a chance to talk and force him. So hishbi alav is where he made him swear outside of betin, and in, and then when it says in front of betin, that's where he jumped and he swore before the dayanim even obligated him to swear. So meaning Rav could explain this differently. So the Gemara brings another question on on Rav, Rav Huna Amarav. So as Mativ Rav Rav brings a brayta, bala bayit shetan tanat ganav bepikadon. A bala bayit, an owner, he was doing someone a favor, watching someone's cow, and person came up to him, okay, where's my cow? It got stolen. Venish bani, and he swore. Ve'odan, and he admitted later on that he lied. Ubau oedim, and then witnesses came and said, no, this uh, this item is by him. If he admitted before the Adim came, he has to pay principal fifth and the Korban Asham. But if he admitted after the witnesses came, then he has to pay double plus the Korban Asham. Now, in this Braita, you can't come and explain, oh, this was outside of Betin, and when in Betin it was before the Dayanim uh, told him to swear. You can't do that. Why? Because Kefil Katan, it says uh, double. The double only happens when there's a Betin forcing a person to swear, and then he was caught lying. Now, either way, the Braita says whether he admitted on his own or witnesses came after he, the swear, he has to pay. Not like Rabu said that uh, once he swore, he's uh, totally off. So rather, because of that question, Rava changes things up. If the person, the denier, admits on his own later on, doesn't make a difference if he said he got lost or he swore he got stolen. Rav Rav did not say that his swear exempts him completely. Because it does say in the parasha of someone who denies something that he stole, it says, if he admits, that he has to pay principal plus a fifth. And same idea, if someone said that it was stolen, and witnesses came, Rav also didn't say that he's completely exempt. Because this is why the Torah wrote double. No, when did Rav say that he's patur? Is when he claimed he got lost. He did not admit on his own. And then witnesses came and said it was by him. So his original swear uh, exempts him and he doesn't have to pay. So now, Rav Gamda went and said all this back and forth in front of Rav Asher. And he told him that Rava explained that Rav wasn't talking about a case where he admitted on his own. He was only talking about where witnesses came. So Amale Ravashe told him, Hashta Umarav Hamnuna Talmidid Rav. Look, Rav Hamnuna was the student of Rav. Veada de Amarav Hoda Vikamotiv Hoda. And he knew that Rav was talking about a case where the person admitted. And he asked a question on, on, on the case from someone who admitted. Meaning, he knew what the rabbi was talking about and he asked a proper question. Ve'at Amarat Hoda Amarav. And you, you're not a Rav student. You're coming to say that Rav wasn't talking about a case where the person admitted. So Amal Rav 
steps in and he tells Rav Rav Hamnuna knew that Rav did not exempt a person who admitted on his own. This is the question. Rav Hamnuna, his question was as follows. A person may, made a claim against someone. He made the man swear five times. Whether it's in front of Betin, not in front of Betin. Rav Hamnuna, this was Rav Hamnuna's question from that Braita. Rabbi Shimon held that you have to pay an extra fifth and a korban asham on each one because he could have admitted after each one and he would have to pay. And by denying, he exempted himself from paying. Now, if you want to say that after he swore the first time, if witnesses would have came, he would have been obligated to pay. And even after a swear, you could pull out money from him by witnesses. Now I understand why you could make him give a korban after the second swear, because it could have got him out of paying because he always could have admitted but then he swore again and it could have got him out of bank if you want to say like Rav that when witnesses come that say no more paying meaning is there any such thing that if witnesses would have came and then he's patur he wouldn't have to pay and we're going to say that uh, no, you have to give a korban on the swear since you could have uh, admitted and you could have went back on your statement. But right now he didn't admit; he just doubled down on his lie. Meaning, if we're going to go like Rav and say witnesses can't do anything, then when he swore a second time, he didn't do anything. So why should we obligate him to pay for it? Why should we make him give another fifth and another asham? Rather, we have to say that Rav is talking with Aidim. Now, interestingly enough, although the Shaklavitari, the back and forth over here, is like Rav, the Reef, the Rambam, the Shuharuch, all Posek, like Rav Nachman, and they hold that if witnesses came and they said that the person who swore uh, lied under oath, we believe the Aidim, he would have to pay, and he's now considered a Hashud al meaning we don't believe him anymore when it comes to swearing. Next, Amar if a Shomer Hinam Pikadon, Shomer Hinam, he claims uh, something that he was watching was stolen. Witnesses came and said, No, the, the item is still by you. He has to pay double, just like a thief. If he slaughtered or sold it, he has to pay times four times five. And we learn it from sort of a Bema Matsino. Since the thief and the watchman have to pay double, the same way the thief who pays double if he slaughtered or sold an animal that he stole has to pay times four times five. Same thing if a watchman said that it was stolen, he's trying to get himself out of it completely. And he has to pay times four times five. Now the the diktuke sofrim takes away the the, the ke. It's, it's supposed to be shehumeshelim tshlume kefel. He pays double. So if so, if he slaughtered it or sold it, he should also have to pay times four times five. So now, if we're learning from a Bameh Matzino, then we could ask a question. Maybe the same way a thief has to pay double even if he didn't swear. 
תאמר בתורנית על גנב שאין משלם שלומי כפל אלא בשבועה. Maybe we cannot compare it to a תורנית על גנב ושומר who claimed it was stolen who does not have to pay double unless he swore. The thief doesn't need to swear, the watchman does. The Gemara explains, no, this is not a Bamei Matzina which you could just ask a question. Amre Hekeshahi, no, this is a Hekesh, this is a strong Pasu comparison. Ve'en Meshivin al Hekeshan, you cannot ask any questions on a Hekesh. The Hekesh over here would be a Ganav and a Torentanat Ganav, meaning the watchman. One of them says, Imimatzea Ganav, you have the word Imatzea. And then in the Pasuk right afterwards, it says, Imloimatzea Haganav. And we're Doresh from the Imloimatzea Haganav, meaning if we don't, we don't find like what this person is saying, rather, we found out that the, someone, from someone else that he lied. So they have some sort of drasha where they're comparing these two with the word Himatzea, Matzea, and therefore, you can't ask questions on it. I understand, according to the rabbi who we learned this in Dav Samach Gimel, Amud Bet. I understand, according to the rabbi who says that why does it say two times? The first pasuk is talking about the thief, the other one is talking about a watchman who said it was stolen. Shapir, then I will understand the comparison. But according to the rabbi who holds that both of these statements, they're both talking about a watchman who's claiming it was stolen. What, do you, what is he going to say? Meaning there's no hekesh at this point since they're both talking about the same thing. So where uh, the, the the rabbi who says this, by the way, is Rabbi Chia. So where would Rabbi Chia learn that a watchman who claimed it was stolen, he sold it or slaughtered it, they would have to pay times four times five? So the Gemara responds, they would learn it from the extra he imimatze haganav. You could have wrote a ganav, and then it says haganav with an extra he. It's coming to teach me that even a watchman who uh, who claims it was stolen and then he sold it and and, and or, or slaughtered it, he would have to pay times four times five. So they learned from the extra he. So now the gemara has a question on Rabbi Hanan's din from the following brayta. Remember, Rabbi Yohanan wanted to say that a watchman, if he's caught lying and he's sold in, uh, in, or slaughtered, he'd have to pay times four times five. The Baraita says, if someone says to someone, where's my uh, where's my ox? And he, the Shomer tells him, it was stolen. I make you swear, Amar, Amen, and the Shomer said, Amen. Witnesses said, no, he himself slaughtered and ate it. He has to pay times two. Now wait a second, over here, you can't eat this, you can't eat a kezait of meat without slaughtering. So obviously he slaughtered it, it says he only has to pay double. means only double, not times four times five. So you see that it does not have to pay times four times five. The Gemara spends no. What are we dealing with here? So the Gemara responds, over here we're talking about where he ate it as a nevela. It was slaughtered not kosher, and he ate it, uh, and that's the that's why you can't say it was a kezait or shaita, so maybe there was no shaita. Now the Gemara asks, I want to just say it was sick, and you ate it that way, meaning it just died on its own, and then you ate a piece from it. Why do you have to say it was a nevela? Ah, so the idea is that because Rabbi Hanan held, Rabbi Meir, the Amash Shaita, Shema Shaita. 
the chidush is that Rabbi Yochanan held like Rabbi Meir that a shechita that's not befitting to be eaten, it still counts as a shechita, and he would have to pay times four times five. So the Gemara says, "Ve'lishni le beben pekua." The Gemara asks, "One Rabbi Yochanan say we're talking about ben he ate a ben pekua, which is uh, you slaughtered an animal, you found the fetus inside of it." And there's a famous drasha, you're allowed to eat it without a shechita. Why don't you say we're talking about like that? Why do we have to go to the whole nevelat refa thing? And again, Rabbi Yohanan holds like Rabbi Meir, he holds, again, if he's holding like Rabbi Meir, he's going all the way, he holds that a ben pekwa, this uh, fetus to the fanzan, needs a shechita. But the Gemara asks, why doesn't Rabbi Yohanan say that we're talking about a situation where they already came to court before he slaughtered it and ate it? He said it was stolen. He swore. Then witnesses came and said, Well, you yourself stole it. And the Betin said uh, to him, uh, you're, you're guilty. Okay, go pay him double. And then he slaughtered it and ate it. At that point, you don't have to pay times four, times five. Because Rabbah said that if once Betin said that, okay, you're guilty, go pay him, whatever it is. At that point, you owe him the actual animal or you owe him whatever you owe him. And then after that, you don't have to pay times four, times five. What's the reason? Once Betin gave up sack, at that point, he becomes a gazlan. If he slaughters it after Betin says you're Hayav, you're a Gazlan, you're a higher level thief, you're an outright uh, thief. And we know that a Gazlan doesn't pay times four times five. A Sarika robber pays times four times five, not a Gazlan. However, if Betin just told him Hayav Atalitenlo, didn't give a Psak Alachayat, I mean, they told him you have to give. And then he slaughtered it and sold it. Hayav, he has to pay times four times five. My Tama, what's the reason? Because as long as Betin didn't give a psak alakha, he's still considered a ganav. So I guess the fact that uh, Rabbi Yohan didn't say this, maybe he doesn't hold a kraba. Amre, the Gemara says, no. Based on your, your shita, based on your logic, that Rabbi Yohan doesn't hold a kraba because he didn't bring up that answer. We could always say, We could ask, why didn't Rabbi Yohanan say that we're talking about a situation where two people stole something and then one of them uh, stole it and just uh, slaughtered it or whatever he went without telling the other uh, thief partner. And over there, the rule is that uh, one partner doesn't pay times four times five if he did something. It's only if they both did it or, it or one person did the entire thing. Ella, you have to say, the fact that Rabbi Han didn't mention the case with the Tzayten law is because he brought up one of two or three different types of cases. He could add other answers, but he just brought up this one. He's not the halakha. If someone found an item and, sa- and swore under oath that he didn't find it, witnesses says he does, he has to pay times too. My ta'ama, what's the reason? It says on any lost uh, item, if he says I didn't have it, and witnesses said, yeah, he has to pay times too. Now, the Rabbi Abba asks a question to Rabbi Hiya. The Pasuk says, if a person gave it to his friend money or utensil to watch over it, it says, Ish. If a child brings something to someone to watch, it doesn't count. You don't have to swear on that if anything happens. Ve'enli ela shenetano keshehu katanut va'okshu katan. 
Okay, I understand the case if he gave it to him when he was a child and, to, and uh, asked for it when he was a child. But let's say he gave it to the person when he was a child, but then a couple of years later he asked for it when he became a gadol. How do we know that you don't have to swear on that? Until Elohim, which is Dayanim, they're both their words come. Until the giving and the claiming in Betin has to be all equal, meaning every everyone over the age of bar mitzvah now ve'im ita keven amikaveda now if we hold like uh, like rbio uh, hanan in regards to an aveda let it be like an aveda listen at the end of the day this uh, lost item is by you it really belongs to this guy who used to be a katan let, let it be the same thing and if this person uh, lies under oath he should have to pay times too What's the Baita talking about? The Shomer ate the item while the, the owner was still a Katan. And by the time they came to court, the thing was gone. But let's say he ate it when he was a Gadol. Let's say he gave it to him as a Katan. And a couple years later, he ate the cow and uh, and the, the man is a Gadol. My, what would be the din then? You want to say that he has to pay? If you want to say at that point you would have to pay double, then if you're already writing in the Braita that the giving and the claiming has to be equal when they both get old, why don't we just say why don't we say where the eating and then the claiming was all equal in the man's gadol, meaning the important part is the eating, not the not the giving it to him. So fix the bright and and add the word achila, not netina. Now, Rav Ashe answers the question that we had on Rabbi Hanan. Rabbi Hanan said that and we brought the idea from a katan that anything katan klum, and we should say let it be like an aveda. Rav Ashe Amar ladame. He says it's not the same. You can't compare. Uh, the case where the person gave them when he was a katan to a lost item because aveda ka'atya mikoh bin da'at and aveda lost object comes from a person who is a competent person over the age of bar mitzvah veha and when when this katan gave him a person la'atya mikoh bin da'at it didn't come to him from a competent person competent meaning over the age of bar mitzvah meaning according to Rav Ashir, all depends on how it got to the to the shomer's hands and we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.